0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 382 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Sonia Zenati. Sonia lives in Leicester in the UK, where she is a quality engineer in a manufacturing
1: company. Um, Welcome, Sonia. Oh, thank you for having me, Jean. So excited to be here.
0: Well, I know that our audience can hear that you do not have an English accent from England.
1: (laughs) Instead, it is
0: Italian. Where are you from?
1: Originally from Rome, close to okay. Rome, yes, in Italy, yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's really, really nice to talk to you today. And you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that?
1: Oh, do you want the long story, Jean? We
0: always want the long story.
1: <laughs> so I always struggle with my weight since when I was really young. I, don't, I think I've always been overweight, and uh, as far as I remember, the first real memory really to struggle with weight, it was my mom brought me to an endocrinologist. Um, I was still in Italy, of course. And uh, he made me do, I don't know if it was insulin curve, but it's, it's, it's a kind of blood test that they take you for seven times blood and they make you first drink a uh, sugar sugary drinks like mm-hmm. a water with a lot of sugar and then it may it take uh, some blood for seven times every half an hour so that I believe now I know it checks the how the glucose spikes and now the insulin then uh, react I think right but what I remember at that point I didn't know about all these I remember him giving me the response for this test and saying this sentence is still very, very clear in my head. He said, you got excess of insulin in your blood. You will never be able to lose weight. Even if you train for a marathon, you can be always at the same weight, but you will always struggle. And I remember he didn't even sit behind this desk. I remember this very tall man in his white, you know, medical thing. And uh, it's like he was giving me a sentence for life. I right. was, I think, 12, 13. Wow. Maybe. I was with my mom. And and that's it. That was my sentence.
0: See, I can only imagine how awful that was to hear because for a 12-year-old to hear that, you can internalize that and say, well, there's nothing I can do. This doctor has now said it is out of my hands I mean, you would just like want to give up at the age of 12.
1: Yes. Basically, I remember that I thought I'm sick. I got something that it will not give me the chance in my life to be a normal weight. I will right. always be, you know, obese, overweight. At that point, I wasn't obese. I was overweight. That's, I don't know how much I, what was the weight at that point, but I was overweight. And my mom just brought me to this doctor to to check. And then, of course, I basically, I trained myself. I've done lots of sports. I've done gym. I've done swimming. I've learned. I played volley. I was in the gym three, four times per week in the week. But nothing was changing because now I know I was eating in that kind of, you know, eating mentality of breakfast, a snack, a lunch, another snack, another, and then dinner. And then, you know, so now I know that was the insulin resistance. Right. But he didn't give me any, any chance. He didn't explain even what insulin was doing. We're talking about, I'm 51. So I was like, yeah, maybe 11, 12, something like that. I remember. So we're talking about 40 years ago. I didn't have even the, you know, how to search for insulin what the insulin does what i would do now if i'm not agree with the doctor i would search on internet right at that point instead you know i have to take the doctor words and get it and go home that's it nothing to do yeah we didn't
0: have the resources back then you go to the library and pull out the card catalog that was paper yeah. Yes, And you would have to look up a keyword and then go look for a book in that library. If your library happened to have one, there was really no chance to to learn about those things.
1: No, especially when he said you got, I remember he said, you got three times the amount of insulin in your body of a normal person. Wow. So for me, I was just sick and that's it. And I didn't have any chance. So then, can I talk about that for one
0: second? Yes. I think that that is so important for us to hear what you are saying. You had three times the amount of insulin in your body that was typical than the average amount would have been for someone your age. And we know that insulin is a storage hormone. And, you know, we know that every single physical characteristic or trait you know, exists along a continuum. Some people have less of it. Some people have more of it. And we're all in between. You know, there's something called average. But you were on that upper end of insulin production. You had more storage hormone than average. And so it is no wonder that your body was really, really good at storing. And how many people are going through life stuck in storage mode because they have a body that overproduces insulin? That might have been very, very handy back in days of famine when we were you know, likely to die if we couldn't store a lot. But now it, it's not as helpful for us because we, we live in a time where there's plenty to eat. But I just want to make people uh, really think about, we have thought about people who gain weight, especially young, as like, you know, they're weak, you must just be eating too much, when really you had a hormonal difference where you had three times more insulin than was typical and your body was better at storing because of that. And so when, when we understand that, it lets so much of the guilt go. Now, you still might be like mad. Like, why does my body have to be like that one? You know, <laughs> yeah. why? Why did I get that gene? Yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> but still, it's worth recognizing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In fact, I, I remember you actually answered me something in the community when I spoke about this. And you said it wasn't your fault. Right. It was something wrong, and it wasn't your fault. Then you have to always consider then that about carbs in Italy, we know very well how to yes. <laughs> how to deal with them. Yeah, so in, my, in every I believe in every family in Italy, pasta is a list once per day. Right, bread that is on the table all the time, and there are I don't know how many kinds of bread in Italy, and there are all all very good. So I had even this, that everything that normally spikes insulin more because spikes uh, glucose more, I, I was eating it all the time. Right. I remember I was doing snack with, with the with the bread and like salami or whatever. So it was a normal way. I wasn't I'm I've never been a sweet person, I have mm-hmm. to say. So I'm always, I believe I'm like you, crunchy things and salty things. I'm always cheesy my, things and bready things and yes, salami. Uh, yes. All that sounds delicious. Yes, <laughs> that's delicious stuff. Yes, yes. So then basically all my life I tried everything. I didn't do uh the one that you uh, and other people mention all the time, the weight wash wash washers. Right. I didn't do that. I didn't do that and I didn't do any of those with uh um that you have to do like uh drinking stuff and mm-hmm. uh all these kinds of things. Yes, no, I never I never done that. Because for me eating is eating, is chewing, yeah. it's not drinking, you know?
0: That's really true for me as well. I never have been satisfied by drinking something. Never. No. I need no. solid food. I need chewing. My body needs the act of eating. Yes.
1: I need crunchy things especially. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then these all struggling, I, I believe when I was 30, yes, in 2008. How old I was in 2008? I was born in 72, so 34, uh, yes. Okay. 34, 30, 35, yes. I've done the same diet as you did with the pills. Yeah. Okay. But I believe you get the only one. I did have three different kinds. One was Fendimetrazine. Mm-hmm. One was bupropion that I, now mm-hmm. I know that the uh, doctor gave bupropion to quit smoking is an mm-hmm. antidepressant. And then I had a third one that I have to take all three together and I have to take, but I don't remember the name. I don't remember absolutely the name. It was a mix of these three pills that private endocrinologists gave me, and I'd lost all the weight. I was, I believe, uh, around uh, 100 kilos, so it was one hundred, 210 pounds for your money, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd lost everything, and I went back to, uh, I believe, 64 kilos that mm-hmm. are I can tell you how much they are, are 140 pounds. Okay. And how tall are you? Uh, Five foot three in your money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and I was happy because finally I was, you know, I could look myself in the mirror, feeling good, dressing like I wanted to dress. And that's it. Then uh, 2012, I moved in England. When I moved in England, I was... Already up to another uh, seven kilos, around 15 pounds more. I already put more on. Then coming in England, unfortunately, I didn't know English at all. So when I moved 10 years ago in England in 2013, English was uh, equal to zero. I always say now that I was able to ask something, but I wasn't able to understand the answer. Oh.
0: Well, I can't believe you have learned English so well in just 10 years. It, wow, you, that's very impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I, I always say that I blended my, I put my, I'm, I put my brain in a blender and I blended with English. I forced <laughs> myself to learn, to listen, listen and learn. That is the main thing. And then though I start to eat really bad, I start to eat very, very ultra processed food and processed food, I have to say. I didn't have very social life because the fact of not being able to uh, have a conversation with somebody and not being able even to go like to the gym because I wasn't able to, you know, to relate with other people, to understand what they were telling me. And so I started to eat really bad and I slowly gained a lot of weight. And at one point in 2019, a friend of mine in Italy, actually, she... Went through the gastric sleeve, and she mm-hmm. did the gastric sleeve, the surgery, and she lost uh, all all the weight, and she was bigger than me, I have to say. And I did until that point the gastric sleeve. I believe i heard about it, but I actually never thought to actually to go to the doctor and ask if it was possible. So I remember I went to my GP, and I've explained that I've done every kind of diet possible. I've explained that. A long time ago, an endocrinologist told me about the insulin resistance, so the three times in my body, insulin, whatever. And he put me on the list. So I started this uh, path of, so what you have to do, you have to see a dietitian mm-hmm. uh, They give you an appointment every month. They ask you initially to lose 5% of your body weight to prove that you are able to eat in a restricted manner. But what the, the mistake, what is that? That they ask you to eat six times per day. So to eat breakfast, a snack, a lunch, a little snack, a dinner, and then a pre-bed. Actually, my lord, <laughs> because it's what you are going to do after the surgery, because mm-hmm. after the surgery, immediately in the first six, seven, eight months, maybe seven months, it depends on not everybody. We are all different. Right. By that point, because your stomach is so small, because to me, right. the gastric sleeve, I don't know if you know, basically they remove the 80 percent of your stomach. So a stomach that. Can contain, uh, sh- shall we say, a liter of liquid uh, after the surgery. Can contain two hundred ml. That is compared to a mug, a mug of coffee, okay. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, in the first five, six months after, immediately after the surgery, you need to eat the all this little amount mm-hmm. of food throughout the day because you have to be able to put down the 60 grams of protein that your body require to function properly without going then in deficit of anything. Right. But they ask you to train to eat before the surgery in that way. And at the same time, they ask you to lose 5% of your body weight. Oh, well, Are you that's trying, a lot. You You cannot imagine how hard has been to lose the 5% that at that point it was maybe, I was around 100 kilos or around 200 pounds, something. And uh, so the 5%, it was like five kilos, six, six kilos, so maybe 16 pounds. I've lost it in three months doing this kind of eating. So I was... Not white knuckling, I was basically suffering all the time, suffering, right. I was hungry all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh then pandemic arrived. Uh, by September 2019. And from that point, from the waiting list, it should have happened the, the surgery in one year time. From the moment that you enter in the waiting list because you proved that you are able to stay on a diet and lose the 5% and, and seeing the dietitian every month, not on schedule, that, from that moment on, is one year, 12 months. In mm-hmm. those 12 months, they can call you and arrange for the surgery. And then pandemic arrived. And, of course, this kind of surgery were all cancelled because they are not right. saving surgery. So they basically, they shut down the, the bariatric department. It wasn't, fun- unless there was a very, very, uh, it was an emergency that a person was really in trouble because of covid with overweight people they always say that we were more at risk because being obese is going already to put your body not in in, in, in with problems uh, with the breathing and related to covid they especially here in england they always pointed to the fact that obese people were really at high risk with covid and and I was desperate because I say now that I could do it, now the finally, because at that point, I was still seeing the surgery as the final solution. Right. What was, you know, my, okay, that's it. I'm going to do the surgery. I'm going to lose weight and that's it. And then for all the rest of my life, I don't have to deal with being overweight with food. I still didn't understand that, yeah, the surgery is actually a tool. Exactly. Well, I know. It, we, we tend to be,
0: until you really understand it, you just think this will solve the problem. When yes. this is over, it'll be before the surgery. After the surgery, problems are over.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. Everybody, wh- whoever goes through the surgery thinks this. And I thought right. the same. Mm-hmm. And then with the pandemic and the bariatric department closed, I gained even more. So I gained back that 5%. And again, even more. So I've arrived at the max, my maximum weight in April 2021 was uh, uh, 105 kilo that in your money are 231 pounds. Okay. And then at at that point, I say, okay, I have to do something. I have to start doing something. Somebody mentioned me, uh, talked to me about keto. Mm-hmm. I've heard about keto before. It wasn't the first time in my life, but I say I'm, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. And I have to say, I start to dig into it and on uh, um YouTube, I found Dr. Berg. Uh-huh. And uh and I, I start to follow his his little, you know, uh videos that he was talking about keto. And he was talking about fasting, but he was talking about the bulletproof coffee. Right. I was like, I was okay. waiting for that because I know
0: Dr. Berg. And back yes, when I was so, running my Facebook group, people would show up in the Facebook group and say, here's a video from Dr. Berg. And he says we can have bulletproof coffee. Yes, or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, well, I have to say,
1: <laughs> yes, it was one of the first, I have to say it was one of the first video that I start to heard about autophagy and the, uh, Uh, keto and fasting together right so I give it a go I have to say I did my coffee with ghee with the MTC oil with the coconut oil I put everything in it so it was a bulletproof coffee real (laughs) real with a very (laughs) big grand B the B of bulletproof was very right so And uh, uh, I've done keto, restricted keto, the proper one with uh, less than 20 grams of carb per day. So I've eliminated everything, everything. I remember the rule was, even for the vegetables, everything that grows over the, uh, sorry, under the soil, everything that grows under the soil, no, is a no. So all the fruits, no. All the carbs, no. Absolutely no. So I was really counting, really putting on. Uh, on uh, I was using my fitness pal,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: was putting everything in there. I was, and I have to say, Jean, I believe that despite the bulletproof coffee, it did help with the insulin resistance. Oh yeah, it did help. It did mm-hmm. help a lot. So in uh, three or four months, I've lost ten kilos. that are around. Uh, I wrote it because I've done all the conversions for you. <laughs> I've lost the first six months with keto and this dirty fasting, I've right. lost 24 pounds. 24 pounds. But most of all, I've lost inches, but right. a lots of inches. A lots of inches. I remember I still have it, a belt that I was using uh, on my jeans. Yeah. And all the I still have all the olds going back, and uh, I was seeing how, where I was when I started, and when, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were telling me, uh, even at work, Sonia, you are shrinking, shrinking down. Your hips are so, you know, so little now, and I wasn't because I was still, you know, ninety four kilo. That ah, uh, for you, have done even that two hundred and seven pound, and uh, in the meantime, though. At one point after these six months, I, keto wasn't sustainable. The street mm-hmm. keto, I wasn't able to sustain that. And then I start to dig into fasting and autophagy again. So, and I, I have to say again, though, I saw another video of Dr. Bag. That at that point, it was answering some people in the comment that are one of uh, of this video saying, I'm doing, I'm doing everything that you're saying, but I'm plateauing now. I'm not moving anymore. I'm not losing anything. And he did another video saying, at this point, you should get rid of that bulletproof coffee. You should start not having it, having it black coffee. I remember very well this. So I started doing, I started to dig into fasting. And I So, Dr. I f-
0: Berg said he said in a comment, yeah. stop stop the bulletproof coffee and yes. see what happens." Yes, awesome. Yes.
1: I didn't know yes. that. Yay, Dr. Berg. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, at one point he said, "Like uh, I remember in the video that he said, now that you are used to this, so pushing Fat-adapted. your yes, yeah. your lunch more more ahead and doing you know lots of hours without that bulletproof coffee helped you to." entering this stage, now you have to diminish what you put into it. So if you were putting two spoons of ghee, now try to put one. So he was giving this advice. And I didn't know clean fasting yet. I absolutely didn't know anything. And this uh, went on till I believe summer of 22. And uh, I believe at one point I bought your book on Audible, Fast Feast Repeat. But I didn't read it, I think, because then (laughs) instead I read and I listened, actually, The Obesity Code of Jason Fung. Mm -hmm. And when you start to talk about insulin and fasting and uh, I don't know how, don't ask me how because I don't remember, somebody somewhere mentioned Fast feast Repeat by Mm Gene Steven. I say, okay, let me get this book. When I went into Audible, oh, I, st- I do, I have this one. Why didn't read it yet? Why didn't you know? So I start to read it, and uh, the thing is, <laughs> I'm not saying that is your fault, Gene. But at one point in Fast repeat, you said, "Now I authorize you. I give you the authorization to skip this sciency chapter and going ahead, but promise me that you come back." The right. thing is, I didn't even hear the, the fact that you asking to promise to go back on their sciences, part. I just kept <laughs> escaped the, the <laughs> chapter and I went to do the chapter when you start talking about all the length of fasting what you know the the sixteen eight the nineteen all these. I didn't get the science part though I didn't get the cephalic response I didn't get none of them. so for me was still. A restriction, just just uh, yeah. renouncing to, to to eat, just cutting to eat, and that's it. But I didn't have the why. I didn't right. have the science part. And um, at one point, I think I start to listen your podcast, and so when people start to talk about clean fast and the cephalic response, and maybe you mentioned, yes, you should need read the science part of my book where I explain all these. I say, well, wait a moment. Maybe I, I've lost a little part of this book. So I went back and I've listened that part when you explain the cephalic response, the, the taste buds, that the insulin, uh, the message, it starts when you taste something. It can be even just lemon in your water and right. your brain get the message to start producing. And I remember, gee, believe me, I remember I was washing up my, dishes. And a light bulb went on and say, Oh my God, that's, that's the part that I was missing. I was missing that. And that's why so if I still drink water with lemon, if I drink something, or if I put I don't know, something that resembles something in my in my mouth, even a chowing chowing gum, I don't know, I'm still sparking insulin. So at that point, I started the clean fast. And uh, I've lost some more, but not much, I have to say. And that was when the call for the for the surgery arrived. So they called me March 2023, and they told me that my surgery was going to happen in end of July 23. So now you can tell me. The question is why you did you went for the he knew now how to lose weight. Why did he go for the surgery? Ah, Because I think I've struggled so much all my mm-hmm. life that I I I didn't, I, I wasn't sure that that fasting was still helping me properly. Right. And uh, I wanted something, you know, very strong to help me to mm-hmm. stop eating and stop. But at that point, I knew that after the surgery i would have had this tool in my toolbox because what happened in the meantime i was on uh, i still am on facebook but i don't use it much now at that point i was on uh, two or three facebook group about the surgery about the gastric sleeve as a support one was worldwide one was in italy and one was uh, uk only and uh I could see loads and loads and loads of people, but these, even the dietitian in the first moment, in the first appointment, pre-surgery, they always say that 80%, 90% of people that go through the surgery, gastric sleeve or bypass or whatever, they regain the entire weight in four or five years. Starting from the third year, year out of the surgery, they start to regain. because. They don't change, they don't change how they eat. They don't change right. the relationship with food. I, so I was scared. I was scared because I was saying, I'm going through this surgery. I'm going to do this, you know, very invasive. Right. And then in three, four years, I will be like when I've done the pills diet. Right. But then I regained everything with the, with the interest, I have to say, yeah. even more. And So when I went for the surgery instead, at this point, I did know about clean fast. I did know about, I had more knowledge about insulin and what insulin resistance was causing. So I went more light doing the surgery. I say, I will, I will use the surgery as a tool. And this, this, what I've done, I basically have lost uh, now, by now that is, more than one year out of the surgery I've done the surgery the 23rd of July 2023 and uh in total now I've lost 70 pound so wait did you did you do the surgery in 2022
0: 2023. Over- so you just did it in July. Of no, so, no, sorry, twenty twenty two,
1: July. 2022. Okay, that's what sorry. I thought. That's what I thought. Twenty. Yeah, sorry, twenty third okay. of July, twenty twenty two. Sorry, I right. mixed it up. I mixed that's it up. Right. Yes. I thought so, so now I just wanted
0: to make sure. So seventy pounds down since that surgery in July in of twenty twenty two. In total, no, no, in total
1: okay. before surgery okay. with fasting and okay. keto and after. Yes. Okay. Yes. So total of course, before and yeah. after. Okay. Before and after. Yeah. So, of course, I didn't start fasting immediately because it, it is, it's impossible because right. I, you have to eat those um, small amounts of food for a long time. Actually, the first two, three months is only liquid, basically. Mm-hmm. You you drink liquid like a broth with a protein mixed up inside the broth, just melted mm-hmm. inside because you have to put down something, but your stomach cannot take any solid food. Right. Uh But... I knew that I was going to start again because I said it, I, I would not carry on eating six times a day because I know that my insulin it will it basically will stop me to lose weight, even mm. with the surgery. Right. So I, I was saying it's the case that with my insulin resistance, maybe I'm going to be deficient of uh, protein of uh, because I'm eating so little amount of food. But I won't lose weight because there is always that insulin to keep me storing food, you know, storing on my body. That at that point I knew, right? And I have to say now is maybe uh, I don't know after Christmas, January, February, maybe April. Around my my yeah my birthday is at the end of April. Around at the end of April I start fasting again. Okay,
0: yeah. So you gave yourself. Several months, a good, a good yeah. period of time from July until really like nine months, I guess, yes. of, yeah. of learning to live um, with the the smaller stomach after the, you had gastric sleeve.
1: Yes. So gastric after that sleeve. and
0: learning to live, live with that and figure out how to eat, you know, the amounts of food. And then you reintroduce the idea of fasting.
1: Yes. Yes. And now I'm eating basically, shall we say one meal per day? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't eat in the morning, so I go to work without just coffee. My coffee black, and I drink water. Uh, when I come back at home, around normally around four four thirty, I eat my first meal, mm-hmm. and then I try to eat another meal. So for me, are uh, two proper meal that but by the the sides of the meal are. Uh, Smaller than normal person, so right. I have to do two proper meal with uh, meat, fish, vegetables, and I don't deny myself even sweets if I want. If I if I fancy chocolate, if I you know, I don't I don't deny myself basically anything. I try to eat everything, everything that I want. I'm not normally a sweet person, so I'm more I go for the readers if I want to. Um, really, do a bad girl. So the chips and the salty and crunchy things. this kind right. of, yeah, yeah. But so normally- you need
0: you need a slightly longer window, just yes. because you can only eat smaller amounts. So you you open around four four thirty. How long is your typical window open?
1: I normally close around eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's
0: really really important because you can't hold the capacity of food. Like my stomach, I can hold a lot of food. Yeah. I can yeah. fit a giant cheeseburger in there and fries and it all fits in there, but your stomach yeah. won't hold that much food. And yeah. so you have to eat smaller amounts over, over a period of time that allows you to get insufficient nutrients. Now is your, yeah. do you have frequent blood work so they can make sure that you are getting yes. the, the right nutrients?
1: Yeah. 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 Twice per year. Now I have to repeat mm-hmm. now in February, and then in August, I got, I got the full blood works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Till now, everything is all okay. It's all perfectly Good. fine. All my value, all my my things are all perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm yeah, still, I think that's so important. Yeah. I put uh, a goal weight, if you want to say, that for my birthday around April, I want to lose another 15 pounds, 15 other seven kilos, 15 pounds. I want to arrive more or less there. But I'm really good now because I have to say, and this I know that you told your story many times. So, when I've done the diet with the pills, uh, and I've lost all the way more than now, I lost 10 kilo more than, than what I've lost now. So, I've lost at least 20 pounds more, right? Than, so I've less than now, 20 pounds, right? But right. the, the, sides are now two sides less than what right. I was See? there. You're losing fat, body recomposition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And actually, uh, not long ago, I celebrate the fact that I was, uh, trying to uh, get rid of my visceral fat. So my, mm-hmm. the hip and waist ratio that was actually back in August was in the red fascia. So I was in the, in the, uh, at risk. And now mm-hmm. instead, I'm in the middle one. So I'm not, I'm a moderate risk. So I'm, I'm lowering down that because doing these 18, 19 hours of fasting per day, um, I believe I'm targeting that very old and mm-hmm. stubborn, uh, uh, you know, visceral fat that is a long time since when I was young. So basically, I don't believe I've lost that visceral fat when I've lost all the weight with the pills.
0: Yeah because yeah I think you're probably right. So because when you're eating frequently throughout the day, we know that keeps our insulin up, especially if you're already someone who has high levels of insulin, insulin is storing. It's it's not for it's hard to tap into your fat stores. So you probably when you were doing the low calorie diet from the diet pills, you were probably also burning more muscle.
2: Yes. Instead
0: of instead of the visceral fat. So I think it's great like you probably have a goal you would like to have a healthy waist to height or waist to hip ratio yes. that's your goal is to get there i think that's important. yes
1: that's that's now i'm doing it i have to say at this moment in time as i i look myself when i look myself in the mirror and that is another story that i want to tell you i didn't have a mirror before so i didn't so when i moved here in england i didn't brought a mirror i didn't buy one so I didn't have it at home and I hate myself looking in the mirror. Really, I was disgusted by, by my image in the mirror. So when I'm walking around, you know, when you pass in front of shopping window yeah? right. and you accidentally see your image, you're not because you're looking for, but you see when you're looking for something, you see yourself in the shopping window. I was I was crying i was i was you know i I found myself really disgusted of my image in the window uh, in the in the mirror like the reflection of myself and now i said i own a mirror (laughs) i do have a mirror a long one that i brought a full figure mirror and i like to see myself in the mirror i like to see myself and even when i walk around when i go into the shop if i have to try something I go and I try something. I, not, I I like the image of my reflection in the mirror. So I'm, I'm, perfectly, I'm really perfectly fine now. I'm happy with my body shape, with the, the energy that I have. That is the main thing. And the pain that I don't have anymore because I was experiencing very, very high joint pain. I believe I told the other day in the community that I had this very strong pain in my hip. And it was uh, keeping me awake even during the night because every time that I roll on the uh, right side, I was waking up from my this pain that I had. And the doctor asked me to do a scanning. He sent me for a scan, he sent me for blood tests and nothing was wrong. So at one point, because I was telling him doctor, especially he wakes me up every, in the night, two, two, three times per night, even more, because every time that I move on the right side, that pain, it wakes me up. So I'm, I'm a lack, lack of sleeping. I'm not sleeping ba- very well. And he gave me antidepressant. Wow. So I came back at home with this two, three box of, um, of these pills. And then before taking them, I read inside what it was. And I discovered it was antidepressant. I said, why is he giving me antidepressant for pain in the apes? I believe because he wanted me to sleep basically, he gave me these pills to sleep. I didn't take any. And that was the point when I started doing keto in 2021. Yeah, that was the point that I said, I have to do something, I have to to take care of myself because the doctor is not able to. And I didn't know at that point there was insulin causing all this. Right. But now I understand, Uh, I understand everything.
0: Yeah, and that, that really is such a shame the doctor was not able to help you. He just like, here's a pill. That's the best I can do. You know, he didn't know what to do for you. And I am definitely not criticizing doctors because, you know, we think back to what what doctors learned in medical school and then they're they're practicing, right? And they're just doing the best they can with the information that they have. And so, I mean, doctors don't have a lot of time to go learn new things because they're busy treating patients. So definitely not criticizing doctors for not knowing what they don't know. How did, how do yeah. you know if that makes sense yeah. because yeah. The, the information is just not what they, what they learned in medical school. So there are doctors that do understand it and the, that are teaching us you know, more like the root cause. Like, well, why does your hip hurt? Let's go and
2: figure yeah. out why, why yeah. your
0: hip is hurting and okay, your, your insulin is high. Let's figure out what we can do about that. And so let's work with our bodies and how our bodies function to lose the weight instead of pharmaceuticals
1: yeah yeah i'm agree with you the the only thing is is even nutritionists and what they so-called dietitian and nutritionist they still tell that story that i i really that really make me mad of the eating many times per day right it is speeds up the metabolism and th- that's and that I, what
0: they were taught as well that is what they were taught and here's the thing about that there's always truth to everything, every statement like that. So if we think about, does eating frequently raise the metabolism? Yes. <laughs> but it doesn't raise the metabolism to more than enough to make up for the amount of the food you just ate to get the metabolism to go yes. up. The math yeah. doesn't work out. So for every bit of like weird information... There's, there's a kernel of truth in there. Yes, if you eat too much food, if you overeat, like they've done overfeeding studies where they overfeed people by vast amounts of food, tremendous amounts of food on purpose to see what happens, the metabolism speeds up. And so you're like, oh, look, this is what I do. I speed my... But, but th- obviously, we know that if you overeat by yeah. that much every single day, you will gain weight. So yeah. What the the speed of your metabolism is not the only variable,
1: but that, yes, that, that, that matters. That what, yeah, right. In fact, if, <laughs> if you see now when we talk about ADF right in the, alternate in daily the, fasting yes so in the in the day where you have to eat you have to eat you have to right. start eating when even when you don't have the signal of uh, you know that you don't, don't want to eat because when you do adf uh, actually it's very easy to not eat enough in the right. day because you still don't have the signal so you arrive at lunch or even after lunch without having the signal instead it's better starting in the month when i do I put like now, not every, I've done it like last Monday. I've done an EDF. I've done a complete day without. But why though? Because in the previous weekend, I did too much sweets. I, I okay. ate too much. So I I, I felt like uh, that inflammation coming back. I believe I, I have, when I read your book, Cleanish. I understood the, the, that kind of concept of having the bucket of the inflammation right. that easily go over. Mm-hmm. I believe my bucket is always in the process of overflowing. Yeah, right. because that all that insulin, my body still I believe still produce that insulin a lot when if I eat too much. Well, I think if
0: you're if you have a body that overproduces insulin, and it has been doing that, I, I think that that's just what your body does. Your body just comfortable. Ah.
1: Yes, yeah. I can so in that. in fact.
0: I, yep. I want to circle back yep. for the for the listener just to make sure everybody understands what you just said there. With alternate daily fasting, we were talking about the the metabolic boost that comes from overeating. But obviously, if you overeat every single day after day after day after day, you will gain weight. We know that. But with alternate daily fasting, we have periods that we call the down day and then the up day. The down day is the fasting day. And then the up day is a metabolic boost day where you're eating more that day. And so the key for alternate daily fasting, the research that's been done for it to not slow your metabolic rate, it's, it's having that up day with the metabolic boost. So you have the yes. balance there. You've got the fat. That's really fasting and feasting. And you have to make sure you're including that feasting day with the up day. So, so you're, yeah. you're putting some of that in there. And having the full fast is, is a very healing day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do it, and I do it every maybe once per month. I don't do it often. I don't do it every Monday. I don't do it. What I do it once per month, and I have to say, it, despite see what, well, despite the the surgery, everybody thinks that once you got the what do what once you done the surgery, you're going to lose weight easily. It's not true because right. if you're still eating often during the day, if you don't check what you eating, and if you don't do even an investigation on yourself. So what I've done last summer, I believe in the, in the spring, I brought myself for CGM
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've done an investigation of what how my body reacts on food. So, and I discovered some very tricky things like uh, my body doesn't like beef, basically. Spikes. That's so interesting. Yes. Really? The spikes. Yes. So if I eat... Chicken. If I eat pork or if I eat lamb, it doesn't react as it, as it's dead if I eat beef. If I eat uh, a steak or if I eat uh, uh, minced beef made uh, like uh, um, meatballs or whatever that I love, actually, uh, it spikes. And so wow. I understand. As now, I'm not saying that I don't eat it anymore, right. but I know, I know that it can do that. It can do that, and I notice now when I. I don't have a CGM anymore because I I brought four of them and I've done two months. Each one was lasting like 14 days. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I've done these two months of investigation doing with food, like eliminating something. When I... I could see like a spike uh, and then I, I start to eliminate things and I eat one only because sometimes the spike, it was a meal with the salad, beef and potato. I didn't know which of them it was causing. And then so the, the 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 meal after, I was trying to eat one only thing and see how my body was reacting. So I've done a very, very uh, strict investigation on myself. And I discovered, for example, when people talk about, the glycemic index of food and they say very often like sweet potato are better than potato so sweet potato has a glycemic index lower than potato to me it's completely the opposite yeah normal potato doesn't do absolutely normal sweet potato despite my blood glucose and so see um,
0: it's fat. when i learned that that i remember my i mean i watched that video what Aaron Seagal's video in 2017, what is the best diet for humans, whatever it's called. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of a personalized glycemic response. It blew my mind because we were told this is the glycemic index, like it's gospel, (laughs) like our bodies are identical. And then when I learned how how they came up with the glycemic index was... They gave a food to like 10 people, like a small number of people measured their glycemic response and then found the average and said, well, that's the number. And really, that, was, that wasn't even, it was like the average of like 10
1: people. Yes. And, oh. yeah.
0: So understanding that, that, that our bodies are different is
1: huge. That bio-individuality, that yes. is not the food, is us, that we yes. react in a different way. And also, it's even more complicated than that, but we don't go there. Actually, the same potato that doesn't do a spike in your blood glucose, if you eat that that potato instead in a very stressed day, it can do a different spike, but you know, that yeah, okay, but that is a lot complicated. But. Well, it
0: is and it's it's not even like like if you have it one time and you get a spike, like you said it might be because you're stressed that day or it might be yes, so many yeah. things and our hormones
1: play a role yes. and it's when, and like when after I,
0: menopause I, you're going to react differently.
1: Yes, and I am in full menopause. I'm using the patches, the the HRT mm-hmm. patches. I I have two of them, one bigger and one smaller. And uh, I tried, and these happen actually uh, just before starting all this. So when I was 49, I start to have my period missing. And I didn't know, you know, every I believe every woman arrive at menopause saying, oh yeah, now it's happening because I'm around 50. So, and instead I've learned that actually start a lot before that, when 37, 38, and the symptoms are variable. Like uh, it, it doesn't have to be, Nice sweats or palpitation, or it can be mood swing, it can be a lot of other things, lots of other things. So, I was talking to
0: somebody about that yesterday. She's a nurse practitioner who focuses on menopausal, the menopausal transition pre and post all in between with her patients. And she was trying to name her podcast, rename it. She was trying to rename her podcast and thinking about putting the word menopause in there. And then I thought about it and I said, you really don't want to put menopause in there because then the people who don't know, they need to hear what you're saying. Like the people who are 37 and 42 need yeah. to be listening, but they, they will see the word menopause and think, oh, that's it's not the me. Not, that's
1: not me. Yeah. It's not time. Right. Yeah. 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 So when sometimes now I speak with my uh, friends of mine, they start to say, oh, sometimes I feel so nervous and I get hungry very easily. I got these mood swings and, and they are around 40, 42, 43. And I say, look, check your hormones with your doctor, because mm-hmm. they say, oh, but no, it's not time yet, Sonia. I'm not 50 uh, Wait, because it's not because you still have your period every month and uh, you don't have nice sweats that the hormones are not out of rock. It can be, it can be easily. And I, right. I believe when I started the uh, HRT, the patches, that I gained back my life, I realized how bad I was before. Because I, I wasn't, right. before, I wasn't realizing what was going on, basically. And for a while, I tried to manage with, you know, the pharmacy things, these uh, supplements that very easily right. you go in the pharmacy. But, but I wasn't sleeping during the night. I wasn't waking up every every hour with palpitation and night sweats. And I was really bad. And then at one point with lack of sleep, I fell asleep when I was driving, coming back from work. And immediately I called the doctor and I said, okay, give me these HR patch, HRT patches. I need to do something. And when I start to use them, I realized, oh, I was really in a bad, bad position because it's not just that I was angry all the time with everybody. Every I, I could snap to everyone in every moment for very stupid things. And uh, not sleeping well, palpitation. So it was really, really bad. Yeah, yeah that makes such a difference.
0: So yeah. can you share some of your non-scale victories that you may not have mentioned yet?
1: Um, On the uh, flying after the, the surgery, before surgery, after surgery, whatever. But I was flying to, to go where? To Greece, I believe. I didn't have to ask my extension belt. Mm-hmm. and. And then there was space to cross my leg in the seat. And that was something already. And then being able to tight my shoes, pain my nail, toenails without, I don't know, losing breath because before I was going in apnea, I think doing these things. And um, as I mentioned the pain in my hip because that, has been for a long, long time that that pain, that I still expect the pain when I do some movement. So my brain is still expecting. So every day is a surprise when it doesn't, doesn't happen.
2: So, be,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 our brain's used to it. You're like, okay, here's the pain. Oh wait, no, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So I bend down to collect something from the floor, to get something from the floor and be, it doesn't happen. I think, oh yeah, it's not happening anymore because I don't have that pain anymore. It's gone. Yeah. Love it. And, uh, and now I have to say that relationship with the mirror. Now, when uh, I find myself walking, I don't know, in, in the shop mall, in the shopping mall in front of the shopping window, I look for myself. I, I, I look for my reflection in, in the, in the shopping windows. So now I, I really want to see myself. When before I was escaped and I was avoiding to look myself in the mirror. Now instead, I want to.
0: I'm so glad. And, you know, that just goes to show how much we we get wrapped up and in, in how we look and how we feel. And and we can be so hard on ourselves, but it feels good to look and like what we see.
1: Yes. Yeah. I have to say, yeah.
0: It really, really does. I, I, no, I, I, really...
1: I wish I was, I, I did know this long time ago, but, you know. It's now, and I'm enjoying it now. uh, Well, we learn when
0: we learn when we learn, and it's it's never too late to apply something
1: new. Really? Yes, that's true. Yeah, thanks to you, actually.
0: Well, I'm just spreading the word. I did not invent intermittent fasting. (laughs) I'm just telling people about it.
1: Yeah. You know what I like when you say sometimes, many times I've heard I've heard you say that you are glad that you've been obese because being obese. Brought you to understand all this and to discover yep. and to search for all these information, mm-hmm. and now n- not just you can live your life like a normal weight and happy, but helping other people to to do this. So it is true. Being being obese
0: was was really a blessing in my life when I look about it that way because I tried so hard, and so yeah, that's why I, I understand that what the struggles are, and I understand how we feel so much shame and that it's our fault and that we just couldn't do it. But it's just that we were not following the advice that was right for our bodies. And so I'm grateful that I've gotten to experience it because I know it's not easy. I know we have tried so hard, especially any single person who is obese, bar none. I I bet you every single person who has ever struggled with obesity has tried to not be obese. And it's just that we've tried so hard. And so we might look like we're not trying. People might perceive that we're not trying, but maybe we have chronic high levels of insulin and we're stuck in storage mode. And just like that doctor told you, you will never lose weight, Sonia. No matter what you do, you can run marathons. You will not lose weight no matter what your body isn't going to let you. And just understanding it's not because we're weak or but we're not as good as the person who's over there, you know, wearing a size double zero, that person has a different body. Maybe they make like tiny little amounts of insulin. They couldn't gain weight if they tried. It's not because they're better than us. Their body functions differently.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. But that, that I always, I believe all my life I thought, despite knowing there was something wrong medically to my body, I thought it was my fault Right. all my life all my yeah. life I thought was my fault because I was moving enough I wasn't dieting enough I wasn't trying mm-hmm. too hard enough and uh, so when I took the pills when I actually went to this doctor pain because it was a private doctor and I and I did get the pills uh, there were people judging of course there are yeah. always people judging and I always say guys I'm 34 and I'm I'm in charge of myself I'm not no one is forcing me to take these pills. I'm taking it because I want to get rid of this weight because I want right. to live a normal life. So I want to, I didn't know that if you don't change what you're eating pills or not pills. Uh, well, after, that's true. You know, but we,
0: we have tried so hard. We are, we are almost out of time in one minute or less. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: As I said, uh, I would say to a person, read Fast Fist and Repeat, and even after that or before that, uh, Delay, Don't Deny, but don't skip any chapter. Read the <laughs> sciencey chapter, don't skip it, because that sciencey chapter, it will give you the reason to understand and it will give you the reason to say, oh, that's what's happening in my body when I eat too often. Don't do like me that I didn't read it and uh, I, I waited another year to read that science chapter and then I understood what was going on. That's and great trust, advice. <laughs> yeah, and trust the process. Trust mm-hmm. the process. Be patient. It's not something that happened, you know, in one week, two weeks. Trust the process and uh, and enjoy the ride.
0: Oh, I love that. Trust the process and enjoy the ride. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your story today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jean. It's been a very pleasure, really.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at dot com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember... intermittent fasting stories is edited mixed and mastered by resonate recordings to learn more visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonate recordings.com intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast